John Deere announces the new lineup of high horsepower four track tractors including an 803 horsepower option. There's three new models introduced, the 9RX 710, the 9RX 770, and the 9RX 830. It's autonomy ready. The new John Deere 18 engine eliminates the need for diesel exhaust fluid and offers an optional 168 gallon per minute triple pump hydraulic system. Command View 4 Plus Cab receives updates for increased operator comfort and visibility. Advanced technology package includes G5 Plus command center, display, and integrated Starfire 7500 receiver. The high horsepower 9RX models available for order in mid-March. For more information, go to johndeere.com or contact your local John Deere dealer. We do this as a family uh, sport because uh, we don't have a camper, we don't have a boat. So when we go to a tractor pull, uh, everybody that's left at the house that hasn't moved away, we all go. It's a family deal. It's not a part of us go, part of us stay home. It's everybody or nothing. There is a podcast in Iowa. Funk for profit was named by the Fate stirred up a bank earlier. Then quick came an auctioneer. Making profit was their first goal. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Soon may the farmers come to bring us guests and beer and fun. One day when the recording's done, we'll take our mics and go. These formats shook us to our core. With fun for fun, you will not snore. Bankers set all mics to on, and the mullet of podcast was born. Soon may the farmers come to bring us guests and beer and fun. One day when the recording's done, we'll take our mics and go. Before we knew conversations grew, grow and corn even said F you. So won't you join Tenor Dave, Corey and crew, please like, share, review. Soon may the farmers come to bring us guests and beer and fun. One day when the recording's done, we'll take our mics and go. Hey listeners, welcome back to the Farm for Profit Podcast. This is Tanner Winterhoff. This is Corey Hillbow. And this is David Whitaker. And this is Snarkosaurus. Hey. <laughs> hey. We guys. got a bonus here for this introduction. Uh, listeners, you know just as well as everybody else, but if you're brand new, this is a Farm for Fun episode. We do a fun episode, which is a little bit more of a loose format one week, and the next week's a Farm for Profit show, where you have a What's Working in Ag segment and a general topic to help your farm achieve higher levels of profitability. So how can they find us, Dave? You can go to all our social media channels and farm the number four profit. And if you'd like to give us any uh, uh, reviews or give us any suggestions for a new podcast, that's going to be farm the number four profit LLC at gmail.com. And we love those reviews, Corey's, don't we? Absolutely. Corey's? Corey's. Woo. So oh who's, who's our review brought to us by today? Uh, no other than Gearinghoff, head of the class, no matter the crop. We have I Love This Podcast off of. Apple Podcast, sixth generation farmer. You should have Chet and Duggo Larson on for an episode of Farm for Fun. Larson, Please. Is that Larson Farms? I would assume so. Well, hook us up. Get us. Hit us up, Larson Farms. Sixth generation farmer. I love this podcast. Well, we love that you love this podcast. We are going to do something a little bit different, Corey. Yeah. We're not going to actually introduce one single person. We're going to introduce... More of a location. Yeah. I'm with you. And it's a different, a little bit different format of a show. So let's knock this out of the park. We are on location for this special Farm for Fun show. We are in a farmer's bucket list spot. 
A place that has a history deep as the abyss. A town that wets its whistle with bourbon has the most nostalgic horse track in the world, surrounded by hills and hollers. And now, the reason we are all here, the most salt of the earth, people that love dirt digging, diesel smelling, horsepower pushing, eardrum blowing, most expensive hobby in the world, the National Farm Machinery Show, tractor pullers in Louisville, Kentucky. All right. That was incredible. Fantastic. So, yes, listeners, we are going to jump into two of the interviews that we did down here with folks related to the tractor pulling event at the Louisville National Farm Machinery Show in 2022. So hang on and let's have some fun. Hey, Corey, we're down here at the National Farm Machinery Show here in Louisville, Kentucky, and have, did I say Louisville right? Absolutely. Louisville. Louisville. So we just I had like a that. major powder, power outage. Hopefully it doesn't go out again. That's right. Got the lights back on, got the mics back on, and we are ready to roll. And we are super excited to have Kyle Zarati, master in karate. <laughs> How many times Allegedly. Did, did you ever get made fun of that way? No, never. Okay. This is the first time. <laughs> I like it. I'm original. That's what that means. I'm original. Yeah. So, yes, Kyle, why don't you introduce yourself, tell our listeners a little bit about who you are, what you do, and what your tie to agriculture is. As you said, my name's Kyle Zarati. I originally grew up in Illinois, born and raised there. I spent 38 years of my life there. A friend of mine down here in Kentucky that I got to know through tractor pulling took over a farm from a gentleman that retired a few years ago, offered me a job. I ended up in Kentucky. I really enjoy it down here. I've been involved in all facets of agriculture from production, grain, seed, chemical, fertilizer, chemical application. Wow. So I've pretty well covered everything other than grain marketing, yeah, which I don't really know that I have any desire to try. <laughs> no, I, I get that. I didn't realize you had that much involvement. Now i got even more questions. But I would say to start off with, the, the first reason we wanted to reach out to you and have you on the show is your tie to the tractor pulling universe. We know that a big part of the National Farm Machinery Show is each night there's a pull. Is that correct? Yes, each night there's a session, including Saturday afternoon. Yeah, so I... And, on the drive down here, I was telling Corey, I don't know much about it. I enjoy watching it, and I just don't know a lot about it. Yeah, my, no- my knowledge of tractor pulls is when they come to the local town, and it's a you know pretty low-scale deal. Uh, actually, it's gotten to be a little bigger uh, in the last few years because the local town around us brings in dirt and puts it on Main Street, and they do it on Main Street, which is pretty dang cool. A couple bars right there and everything, like entertainment. But, uh, yeah, not much, not much knowledge. Yeah, that's pretty interesting to actually go to the work to do that, and I'm sure the the local people really enjoy that. Yeah, yeah, it it's cool. Last year it rained all day, so that kind of sucked. <laughs> it's a lot of du- dirt moving for not much pulling. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <clears throat> but that's the benefit of being here at this show is it's all indoors. That's the, correct. The pull part's all indoors. Yes, it's all indoors. I'm not sure how many loads of clay they bring in for the pull. They truck it all in the week before, lay it all down, build the track up. Put the smoke tube together to get the exhaust fumes all out of the building. Right. And then after the show's over, they load it all back up and take it all yeah. back out. So what is your role? What What is your tie to the tractor pulling side? My tie, uh, the gentleman that I work for, Brad Moss, he's been around tractor pulling involved since probably the mid-early 2000s. Um, he used to pull a pro stock called the Young Buck. He's won here numerous times. He's been a points champion on a couple different levels through organizations. So... I got to meet him through tractor pulling. I used to pull with a friend of mine in Illinois. Um, We pulled a super farm tractor, 
just mutual friends got me introduced to Brad. That's kind of how I got into tractor pulling. Uh, started out small scale, you know, like Corey said, small town stuff. Ended up being more on the national level with the Pro Pulling League and then the Nas National Tractor Pullers Association. So I've traveled pretty much from Iowa to New York uh, tractor pulling at some point in time or another. Wow. That sounds like a full-time job. It, it really is. In the summertime, that's why I think farmers, it seems to benefit them the most. They have the more flexible schedule to, to move around and take a weekend here, you know, because sometimes you have to leave on a Wednesday or Thursday yeah. and you won't get home till a Sunday. And not very many jobs will can allow their employees to, to do yeah, that. Sounds like uh, very understanding wives and uh, <laughs> that they don't own very many sprayers. That, that, <laughs> or have hired hands that do that. Yes, running a sprayer definitely takes time away from tractor pulling. I can vouch yeah. for that. But tractor pulling, it really is a more of a family-oriented sport. There's a lot of guys that their wives, their kids, girlfriends, women that pull, their husbands. I mean, everybody's kind of involved in some aspect or another. You know, and it, it's kind of like the farming community. It's Basically, it's one big family because you're very competitive against each other on the track. But when it comes to after the pull, the camaraderie is definitely there. And and if something happens to one tractor puller, it happens to all of us. Yep. So you're pretty excited for your appearance this year, the team's appearance. You guys feel pretty good about your tractor? We are. We feel pretty good about the tractor. We have Money on Black. Uh, it's a John Deere 7930 Pro Stock. We play Thursday night at the show. So we're excited. Hopefully everything goes as planned. And, and if we get lucky, we'll make it Saturday night to the finals and and we'll see. I mean, it's in the pro stock class, it's very, very tough competition. Every session, it doesn't matter where you're at, any given tractor in any class could win. So when you say pro stock, what does that mean? Is it just like a certain horsepower, certain motor, or what, what happens? The, the rules in the pro stock class are 10,200 pounds, single turbocharger, your engine is limited to 680 cubic inches, and a 24.5 tire. Other than that, the rule's wide open. Okay. So most of these tractors in the Pro Stock class with a single charger will push north of 4,500 horsepower. Oh, my gosh. Holy smokes. So Gas? When you diesel fuel. Diesel. Okay. Wow. So when you say 10,200 pounds, is there anybody that runs light, or is it you want to add as much weight to get you, as close to that want, as possible? You want to be as close to 10,200 as you can be. Because I guess that would be the law of physics. One 100-pound one, one, one weight in the wrong place on a tractor or missing from a tractor could be the difference from first to last. The class is so competitive. Your tire pressure being just a couple tenths of a pound off could be the difference from first to fifth. So you and I would have to have a different setup <laughs> because we have such a big weight difference. Uh, such a big weight difference. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> yeah, it might shift faster forward. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of interesting, though, is, is you said it could be off. So how do you even know if you're off? You just don't win? Every, is there a standard that's like we need 12 pounds of pressure? You kind of find, your tire guy will kind of let you know, I think you need to be in this range on your tire pressure, and then it's up to you to fine-tune that on the track. You might try a certain pressure one night, maybe the tractor bounced. After the tractor spins out at the end of the run, maybe you go out there and look in the hole, and the center of the hole is humped up. Well, you know your tractor tire was too low. Or if the point of the tire is digging deeper than the sides of the tire, you're too high. You just got to find that sweet spot on your tire pressure, and it's different for everybody. You're looking do at you such get, small things. Do you get test runs? 
I was just going to ask. You really don't get a test run. I was asking how you no. practice. So it's like you, a guessing game. It, it is a guessing game. It, you, we're not like NASCAR and HRA where they can go and qualify and make hits to test this and that. I mean, there are a few guys that are lucky, and they've got a test track of their own, and they'll hire a sled to come in, and they will run wow. on their own to try to fine-tune their tractor. Um, all the engine tuning is done on dynos, engine dynos. So most guys will fine-tune there to find the sweet spot between water injection and fuel amounts and everything like that but yeah but you're right that's that's only a small piece of it is if your motor's running great top exactly efficient however you want it to run you still got to get the power to the ground yes power to the ground is a big thing so tire pressure really comes into a key effect and then you're waiting you know weight front to back on the tractor and and how moving away from the front to the back where you move 100 from the front to the back, it really doesn't move 100 pounds. There's a there's an equation in there that to figure out how much weight you're actually moving. And if you know some guys run weights in front of their rear tires, some run weights in front of their front tires, behind their front tires. I mean, it's all different. Awesome. So the other question I asked before we started to pop on this, so you meant that uh, money on black is a 7930. Yes. So when our listeners are looking at these tractors pulling on TV, or maybe they were down here at the show and got to watch them, and, and they see the model numbers on the side of that tractor in, this is the Pro Stock class, correct? In Pro Stock, does that mean anything, the number on, on the tractor? The number on the tractor in the Pro Stock class virtually is nothing but a cosmetic effect. On our tractor, the 7930, the hood and the rear fenders are the only thing that are actually factory stock. Everything else has been modified or custom built to the tractor. So is this like NASCAR in the sense, do you have uh, sponsors? Some teams do have sponsors. Uh, if you're lucky, you can get a little <laughs> bit of money thrown your way. But most guys are just doing this on their own dollar. And this isn't like any like NASCAR or NHRA or even dirt track racing where they pay pretty large pots to win. Tractor pulling is not like that. So what do you get if you win Louisville? I'm not even sure what, what you get. but Is this the Super Bowl it, of tractor pulls? This is the Super Bowl of indoor tractor pulling, yeah, yes. Okay. It is very prestigious to be able to pull at the National Farm Machinery Show. Do you have to qualify to get here? Everybody can apply, and it goes to a board, and then the board looks through the applications, and they, they look at your basically your record and what you've done through the season, or if you're a past Louisville competitor, if you've won Louisville before, everything comes into play, and then they send out invitations from there and only invite certain people. So there are people every year in every class that do get turned down and don't get to come here. Wow. I didn't, yeah, I never would have imagined that it's not just we'll take every entry fee and make the pot bigger. Uh, it makes sense. You probably only have so many hours or minutes to pull. Best of the best. That's true. Best of the best. And they do want to keep the pull to a, a pretty decent time frame. You know, you sit there too long, people get bored, and then they'll just yeah. get up and leave and... and they don't want that. I, I know it's pretty prestigious because when I was growing up, I would have never known about the Louisville Farm Machinery Show, right? There was a group of guys that would always come down here from central Iowa and dad, oh yeah, they're going down to the tractor pulls. You know, that's the biggest one. And so it's pretty cool now looking back. Now I'm here. I've never been here before. We were talking before we got on the mics. I'm like, this place is uh, daunting. It is. <laughs> it really is. I mean, it takes an hour to drive around the place almost. Yeah, don't, don't show up at the wrong gate. Yeah. And then get told you're on the south end, but you had to go yeah. all the way around the building. Yeah. And people like run around here really fast. So don't get T-boned. <laughs> it's a racetrack around this place. It, is. it really is. You know, I kind of tell people, 
it's not really the farm machinery show. It's a tractor pull that just happens to have a farm show along with it. Yeah. yeah. So I had seen the picture of you loading the tractor up to bring down here, and it, it actually brought back a childhood memory of mine, which is kind of silly, but we had a, we still, Dad still has a John Deere 4000, but that was our loader tractor. We pushed all our snow at this loader tractor, obviously it's rear, rear wheel drive, so we always put chains on to help get traction. Well, for me to play with my toy tractors in the house, the way I put chains on is I took masking tape and wrapped it around the tires, and that's how I played like I had chains on my tractor. But you can see where I'm going because you rolled that tractor into the trailer with something on the tires. It looked like masking tape. Saran wrap. Um, most, most of the guys down here, when they get the tractors cleaned up to come down to the show, they'll jack them up and wrap saran wrap around the tires. It just keeps rock, dirt. If it's raining when you come in, it just keeps debris from sticking to the tires. You want them to look as showpiece as possible when they're sitting in a Broadbent arena because thousands of people every day walk through there and take pictures and videos and just stare at those machines. So you want them in tip-top condition. So it's more of a for show, not necessarily for the performance. I mean, obviously, if you get a chunk out of the tractor because you drove over something, the tractor wheel. Yeah, it's a lot for show, but it is also performance because if a guy doesn't have a nice gravel lot or a concrete or some lot at home, I mean, they might have to drag it across some more dirt. And if the dirt's wet, you get mud, then it sticks to the tires. And nobody wants that because you go out on the track and if your tires have mud stuck in the cleats, then it slings everywhere, it plugs the cleats up. Yeah. And yeah. Andy Pastor will say the tires are the key to Andy Clean <laughs> because you can polish a tractor all up but if the tires are dirty it just takes away from it but if you got the tires all sparkled up with the that spray that just makes it that rubber look new and yeah. it, you know and, and see there's the misnomer in tractor pulling some guys use the the tire shine but that's probably too slick we hate it yeah because it makes the dirt stick and yeah. andy might not like that but we actually will pressure wash the tires with hot water and then we take lacquer thinner and wipe the tires with okay. lacquer thinner, and that cleans any imperfection off of them, and that's what gives them Tricks that new the black look. Tricks lacquer the thinner. I'm sure that would probably work on the combine so tires. So in, like, in, like, dirt track racing, I've been with some guys that uh, scratch up the tires. Like, they, like, do you guys do that? You guys, we, we don't, um, yeah. you know, because they're not, they're not completely smooth. Okay. So some guys will run their sanded smooth between the bars, but other guys put a little bit of, a like, a sandpaper yep. grit between the bars, that texture, so... It just depends on everybody's personal preference. So it's like, what are the Firestone tires? There are a few Firestone tires. Yeah. Uh, a lot of them, a lot of guys now run a Pro Pullers. Okay. So they're an American-made tire. Special, specialty tire. Yep. I bet Nick McCormick runs Goodyear. <laughs> Nick McCormick will run anything and still complain that he gets beat by a John Deere. <laughs> you heard it here. Uh, we're going to go try to visit those guys. I think he pulls Thursday night. Yeah. He's, he's sitting, actually he's a couple slots behind. Yeah. Uh, Oh, Money gosh. and Black. Money and Black. Yep, he's sitting just so down. So he's in your class. He is, yes. Oh, yes. so we got to go watch him lose. I hope so. Okay. <laughs> I mean, we like Nick. He's a good guy, yeah. but we hope he loses. Uh -huh. <laughs> and Nick hopes we lose. And we'll have so. a beer afterwards, and it'll be great. That's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like I said earlier, that's the one thing about tractor pulling to me. We can go be competitive on the track, and we can all sit together after the pull and have a beer and laugh and talk about everything. Yep. Yeah. That's awesome. So you also had mentioned in the conversation that each class has different rules, and, and you kind of hinted at how much horsepower you guys have or what they could have in these tractors that are pulling. But the other thing that you mentioned to me is when you set these motors in, you said they're in a cradle? 
Yes, in the in a tractor class, it's got a component chassis, which means basically there is no factory chassis pieces anywhere on it. The engine sits in, sits in a cradle, so it lets the engine flex with the torque as you drive versus being locked into the cradle, and then your your whole frame will flex, right? which will throw off performance. Yeah, we, we, yeah, you don't want a twisted frame for anything that you're running, let alone something that's going to be flying down a track with a whole bunch of weight behind it. That's right. Was it Shipshawana, or what was it uh, a few weeks ago? I can't remember that. The thing, the engine blew up. Yes, it, Shipshawana, it's, the, it's now called the Gordywana pull because okay. it used to be held at Gordyville in Illinois. But, uh, yeah, they had a massive engine failure. And all these engines are, are cabled, so they do have a cable that runs clear around the front end of the engine between cylinders one and two. And what that cable does is supposed to let that block fly forward mm-hmm. and not back against the driver. However, the cable also failed. Oh. So the, the block itself it came completely out of the chassis. And since then, the organizations have adopted a second cable rule to try to prevent that. In the same spot? Yes. Okay. Hoping that if one cable would fail, the second one is there to, to the, keep it tethered. The TikToks and Snapchats of that were just like, wow, people have had to get hurt. But it sounded like just nothing but minor things yeah my, no, minor no. cuts and bruises maybe for a few people but overall very very lucky that no one was seriously injured in that so how often does that happen how often am i going to go thursday night and watch and see somebody's engine blow or is this is that pretty rare it's it's a coin toss you might go all year and never see a massive engine failure you might go three pulls in a row and see three massive engine failures it's these these tractors and these engines are running on the ragged edge every single time they go down the track so it's it's just a matter of time of when something happens. It's not if it happens. It's just a matter of when it happens. So, so you blow a motor engine. Are you back pulling again the next weekend? Unless you've got a spare engine sitting at home, typically not. It yeah. will take a little bit of time to, to gather parts up, get a new engine built, make sure it gets tuned in and set up where you need it. I, mean, I imagine these engines that are putting out that much horsepower are... What fifty hundreds of thousands? It, you know? it, it just depends on what class you're in, but I, I would pretty safely say that a fifty thousand dollars wouldn't cover a pulling tractor engine for well, ninety nine. Let's be of honest; classes. it doesn't. It doesn't cover a, a regular 90, tractor, a ninety six fifty John Deere combine motor. You know, right? <laughs> Which is a common, mo- you know, like. When, when you're done with it, it just gets sold to someone else that's going to pull with it? Or someone ever take the components out of these tractors and use them in agriculture? No, pretty much. Once these tractors become pulling tractors, that's their life is then a pulling tractor. And, and if somebody is done with it and wants to get out or just wants to sell for and build something new, they'll try to sell it to somebody else. There are occasions where somebody might retire and that tractor just means the world to them. And it might just sit in their shed until they pass on right. and something happens. It, but it's not like you can now have that tractor running and pulling a hay rake in the pasture no. or in a in the no. hay field or, or hooked really up fast. to the disc ripper. No, no, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> I have seen those videos on social media of someone taking a pulling tractor and hooking it up to a plow or a disc or chis- that's what it was. Disc I think chisel. was on a vine back oh, in the day. Yeah, like the guy's just bouncing across the yeah, field. Yeah, don't with get the me started board. on that. <laughs> oh, was that you? That was not me. Oh. I, I'm just going to leave it. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. He clearly knows about it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's not how this podcast works. We reveal all. We, yeah. 
Personal <laughs> oh, opinions. He wants to. Personal oh. opinions come into play here, so <laughs> okay. that's that, that's why I'm just going to leave that one alone. So now you get to the show. So you you've been working in the shop. You got the tractor. You built it. Say you built it from from the ground up. You dynoed it. You think you've got everything set to go. You get here. How much? You know, we, we compared it to NASCAR. There's a lot of adjustments that can be done in the pits, but how much adjusting to that machine gets done once it's here? From once it, it hits the ground here in Louisville, um, if it is a brand new machine or somebody's made some serious massive changes, they do some test passes on Wednesday just to test the sled out, test the smoke system out, make sure everything's working fine. And, and it gives those guys a chance to, to make a pass on their tractor to see if they need to make some big adjustments. But other than than maybe adjusting the rear hitch a little bit up or down, which typically you want them as high as you can legally have them, um, moving weight front to back and tire pressure is about the only adjustment that will take place night one here. But you bring an entire trailer full of tools just in case. Yes, you do. And, and if you are lucky enough to make the finals here, which they take a few from each class and then they pull Saturday night, if you see where you on your data, we all have data loggers. So if you look at your data on the computer and you see maybe your EGTs were a little bit low or a little bit high, you can add a little more water injection, take a little water injection away from it, give it a little fuel, take a little fuel away. There's some fine tuning elements that can be done if you're lucky enough to make it to the finals. What's, you, what's EGT? Exhaust gas temperatures. Okay. Should I have known that? Yes. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Sorry, keep going. <laughs> Um, but that, I mean, that pretty much that covers, is, you know, details as far as cha- making changes once you arrive at a pool. When you're outdoors and, you know, uh, typically there's a lot of two-day outdoor pools. So you can make a pool on a Friday night. Say you don't like the way it runs. You can make some changes and, and potentially do better Saturday night. Or you can make changes thinking you're going to benefit and it goes the other way. Really, it, uh-huh. it, there's a, we're dancing a fine line. Yeah. yeah. So you have your class Thursday night. You go in. And do you just get to make one run, or is it like best of three, or how does that work? One run. One run to rule them all. One and done. If you're the first puller in the class, you do have the option to drop your hook and come back later. But that's only the first person. Why is that? (laughs) I'm not sure. So you want to be first? Not Not really. Some people do. Most people don't. There's a science to this. You want to slip, because there's always a chance you could be first puller, drop your hook, Another one or two guys could go. They don't like where the sled's set. Then they change the sled, and then everything you learn from your first pass is thrown out the window. Wait, so if they, the if they change the sled, the game's not fair all the way across, right? You can't go back and... You can't go back and get a do-over, more or wow. less. Um, you're just at the mercy of the sled gods at that point in time. <laughs> and, they, I mean, they do really well about nailing the setup on the sled the first time and not have to adjust that very often. But there are occasions where, you know, a tractor class gains some horsepower through the off-season. Sled operators think they've compensated enough, but in, or they don't. Yeah. Um, track conditions also come into play, whether the track is too wet, too dry, yep. too tight, too loose. That all comes into play for the sled operator. So, in my thoughts, and from the small-town pole, like 300 foot, that's full pull. Like after you go 300, like you, you want, right? But well, you guys have data loggers. I imagine it's down to a centimeter or an inch or well typically it when pulling started 300 foot was kind of the baseline mark um after a few years it got moved to 320 for outdoors now some organizations still stick with that 320 foot mark they can opt to do a floating finish after that where 
they don't set and they just let them run out and it ends up where it ends up. Some organizations have said it's now 350 foot for a full pull mark. They may float the finish. They may decide, nope, we're going to 350 feet. We're flagging you off. And if you make it past that, you're going to come back for a pull off. Okay, so there is some instances to where there could be a second run. Yes. But that's probably only to break a tie for the lead. Yes, and and typically the sled operator really tries not to have that happen. The, like I said, you know, these machines run so tight with their parameters that you don't want to make any more passes a night than is humanly possible. Oh, I get that. So then how much of this, obviously we've been talking about the mechanics of the machine and, and how much detail goes in to make sure they're set up correctly how much error is there for potential for, to the driver or could i could anybody drive it the it it takes some skill to drive these things i mean anybody can jump on there with some common sense that knows how to drive a tractor and they can learn how to drive a pulling vehicle now when how quick to let off on the clutch how quick to apply the throttle that all is is just learned through repetition it's like a rhythm it is. In a sense. Yeah. It is. The, and the more passes you make, the better you get, the smoother you get. Because you don't want to just blow your wad at the beginning of the line, right? Typically, that does not work very well. Yeah. I mean, even a blind squirrel finds a nut now and then. <laughs> yeah. But typically, you want a little more science to it than that. Right. But that makes a lot of sense that it's going to come down to, one, how your machine is set up, to how you drive it, and two just what you have for skill and experience to know that ah this track condition yes this sled the way it's set up are all that's that's sorry random squirrel so are all pro stock poles pulling the same weight on the sled yes once they set the sled for that particular event they'll have so many weight blocks in it and that's all decided by the sled operator they put so many weights in the box they put the transmission for the box in a certain gear that means how fast it goes forward with the wheel speed of the sled wheels. And then they also can set the pan trip, which the pan is the big flat part on the bottom. They can set the pan trip different on that sled rail to trigger at different times. So where here, <coughs> where you're indoors, they'll have it set pretty aggressively because obviously we're looking at a 240-foot track. And with 250 feet, you're in a sand pile against a wall. So they want to prevent that from happening. Right. They, they want you to get to the sand pile, but they don't want you to get over the sand pile. Yep. So do you ever get to run run the tractor? I have not run a pro stock. I, I've not been that fortunate yet. <laughs> I've got a lot of passes in uh, pro farm level, which is more state level stuff. And then I've won a points championship and a super farm tractor. Okay. So oh, wow. I, I have made so quite a few skills. laps. They I, just haven't I've got ability. I don't know if I'd say skills, but I have, I have some ability. That's funny. <laughs> So do you get to take those tractors with you no, when you guys not, go around? No, not anymore. This the, the guy that I work for, we just typically deal with pro stock tractors now, so that's where our experience is and our effort goes. And Is that is pro stock the highest level? Pro stock is the biggest single turbocharger level there is. Okay. Got it. But there's, well, there's those, what do you call those that have like four motors and all that? There are multi-engine modifieds, which okay. have two to three, four, even a, sometimes a fifth motor. Um, just depends on how their setup is with making weight for the class. And then you have a super stock class when it comes to tractors with alcohol and diesel where they can run up to four turbochargers set in stages. So if you're pulling 4,500 horsepower with one turbo, one motor, what the heck are those guys pulling? Their horsepower is not typically a whole lot different at that level. 
but their boost will be more because obviously they have more turbochargers, right. more boost. So they're just cramming more air into the engines and their engines aren't running the same cubic inches as a pro stock tractor. They're a little bit smaller. So they're making up that horsepower difference with air. Wow. And I imagine it's all computerized. You guys are setting your parameters for things and when nah, it, it's not Steinbauer's that are just plugged in. No, no, <laughs> we don't have a port. We can just plug a, 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 a chip, chip in and, yeah. and hope for the best. No, we're, we learn a lot of data off of our data loggers that we all run, and you fine-tune manually from there. So, uh. <laughs> not knowing this information, now I want to go watch any, even more. Yeah. Like I said, I knew it existed. I knew well, what a tractor pull was, but just to know how much dedication and paying attention to details goes in behind the scenes... It is. It's it's a lot of work, and and most people, the typical fan, just sees us show up on the weekend, make a, a pass or two down the track, and they think we go home and we're just ready for the next weekend. Where in reality, a two weekend pull, a two hook weekend, may turn into five or six days of work. Right. Depending on how things go and what and if anything goes wrong. After the National Farm Machinery Show. What's next in the tractor pulling world? Do we start getting into spring shows, or are there more indoor pulls? There is another indoor pull in Shipshawana, I believe, in March. Um, then we actually, a few classes actually come back here to Louisville in later in March for the Matt's Truck Show. They're going to have four or five classes come back here and pull indoors. It'll be the first time, to my knowledge, that anybody has ever had a tractor pull at the semi-show. Wow. Mike Connie, who owns Mac Trailer Sales, I think he was kind of the, the ringleader that one. on getting that to come to fruition. So it'll be very interesting. It'll be the same exact setup as down here at the Farm Machinery Show. So the guys that pull here this weekend have the advantage of having that data for the next time. Right. Will they pull semis at that show? They are going to pull super semis, yes. Okay. Those are always cool. You see the freaking front wheels coming off. There's a lot going twisting. on there. Either I missed it or I don't remember asking it. So what about transmission? So you just made me think about that, pulling semis, because I've seen the the social media to where they're pulling loads of logs or whatever, have to have a certain weight, and they pull them uphill, and you can tell that they're actually having to shift gears during that process. Are you are you guys just running one gear? Yeah, one gear. Decide when you tighten the, the chain on the sled, you have an idea of what gear you want to be in to go down the track, and so that's it. you have it. more than one gear. We have Typically, most people have more than one gear, and they – can have anywhere from three to four forward gears and it's all different ratios so you choose the gear that you think is going to work best and put it in that gear and, and then ride it pray for the best yes and it's not a power shift <laughs> no no power shift because that was, that was what was running back through my mind is i was wondering if i ever noticed somebody shifted a gear exactly <laughs> just gets going hits another one no no gear shifting yeah that'd be really hard on a transmission if you were trying to do that yeah most of those transmissions that are in these pulling tractors are not factory transmissions. They're all aftermarket transmissions, specifically built with good parts to withstand the abuse that they're going to get. Yeah. yeah. We're good. Did we miss anything? Is there anything else our listeners should know about the behind the scenes of tractor pulling? You know, we covered a lot. Yeah. How do we find you on social media? Uh, social media, I'm on TikTok at Kyle Zarati, uh, Twitter at KZarati1081. Those are, those are the two that I use for for. That's Zerati that rhymes and spelled like karate. With a Z. With a Z. With a Z. <laughs> That's true. That'd be confusing if you 
tried to say Zerati with a K. Well, yeah. That was awesome, but we're not letting you off the hook early. Every one of our listeners gets asked the same question. What do you know now that you wish you'd have known sooner? Could be anything, whether it's uh, personally related, professionally related, farm related, pole related. Well, that one's... <laughs> what, do you, what do you know now that either would have helped you out or would have made your life easier if you would have learned it? sooner but Corey and i are out here looking across the national farm machinery show again huge thank you to suk up manufacturing for letting us plop down here at their booth um it's been a lot of fun we're just the first day for prospective listeners as uh we've already come across a lot of you we appreciate you swinging by we look forward to meeting the, the rest of you during the rest of the show it's been steady you know i think the one thing and it's probably one of my favorite quotes is keep your circle small I think that's probably one of the biggest things that I've learned in life. And, and if I were to go back and do anything different, it would probably be cherry picking some of the people that I've had in my life right. a little bit better. You know, I think we can all probably say that. Yeah. But we are all where we are now because of the experiences that we've been through. So that's true. I, I wish I would have had a lot of my knowledge now when I was younger growing up, but I, I don't honestly know that I would change would trade it. a whole lot. Yeah. I like that. That was a, That's a new one yep, for us. Very good. Cool. Well, yes. Thank you, Kyle Zarate. I, I can't stop. Like, in my mind, it was going just like karate. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I know. <laughs> I wore it out. Oh, man. That but power listen, outage got you. Uh-huh. Yeah. It really I did goofy things. So, yes. Listeners, thanks for joining us again on a Farm for Profit podcast. They're minimizing risks on your farm. Helping you improve your yields and increasing your profit margins. In today's farming operations, the data is the key to achieving all of this, Dave. It's no secret that data has been helping more and more farmers gain ground in their operation. And there's no better way to manage all of that data than through John Deere's Operation Center. As a leading farm management platform, John Deere is constantly and continuously fine-tuning the features in Operation Center to make it easier, faster for you to analyze all of that farm data. Yeah, and within that Operation Center, you can collect and analyze all of your machine, field, and crop data year after year so you can make those data-driven decisions for your operation. You can set up field instructions for your machine operators, then push those instructions directly to that in-cab display straight from that operation center. Then your operators don't have to enter this information when they get to the field. That is so cool. And with near real-time monitoring with the operation center, you can track the machine performance, the field work, and stay ahead of all the logistics to ensure the right work is being done at the right time. With all that yield data in operation center, you can analyze your farm, your total farm operations performance and make any changes for an even better next year. And John Deere continues to make their operation centers your go-to place to gain ground in your operation. It's free to use. Just create an account at operationcenter.deer.com or download the mobile apps from the Apple app or Google Play stores. You can also see your local John Deere dealer for more information. Thank you to John Deere for being a proud partner of the Farm for Profit podcast. All right, we're still here at the National Farm Machinery Show, sitting in the Sukup Manufacturing booth. Again, a pleasure to be hanging out with them this week. We have two really cool guests on this episode. Corey's going to drop out, so we got some mic space. But we have Lauren and Daly Paulson. Now, that's not a power couple like you've witnessed on our Valentine's Day show, but that is a father-daughter duo in the tractor pulling community. Would that be pretty accurate? Uh, yep, I'd say you're pretty close. All right, so Lauren... 
why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? What What's your tie to agriculture? What's your tie to tractor pulling? Uh, who is Lauren Paulson? Yep, my name is uh, Lauren Paulson. I live at Coleridge, Nebraska. I was born and raised there. Um, in 1983, my family, we moved to a farm and uh, started farming uh, with my dad. Uh, when I graduated high school, uh, me and my dad worked together. We have currently... Uh, we farm about uh, 6,000 acres between us, and then we also have a cattle feedlot of capacity of about 10,000 head when we're full. We have a few pigs, a 2,400 head finisher, and I guess a little trucking line. And in the sideline, I've always enjoyed tractor pulling, so I guess uh, I decided to uh, do it one day, I guess. How do you even have time to do the tractor pulling? You I, just described four full-time jobs. I know that. I, I bought a, uh, <laughs> I bought a Casey store on Craigslist one time on a, when Craigslist first came out. Uh, friends of mine knew that I loved to look at Craigslist and buy things on there because that was there was no Amazon. Craigslist was where you bought stuff. Uh huh. There was a Casey store for sale on Craigslist close to me, and they're like, uh, "Hey, there's a Casey store. You can go buy that now." And I'm like, "I'll look at anything once." I went and looked at it. And it was a metal building, and it was. Uh, so I bought it. I, I got it at a reasonable price. I bought the building and uh, moved it to the farm and had somebody rebuild it and put it on a wall and make it into my toy shop, I call it, which that's where I, at the end of the day, when everybody else goes home to watch TV, that's what I go do to relax is go there. Nice. So that was Lauren's story. But what what is your tie to agriculture and why are you here? I grew up on dad's feedlot and during the summer I helped ride pens with the other employees. That's what me and my sister would do. And my brother just recently started doing that with us. Not a fan of it, but he does it. <laughs> and dad's been pulling for seven? Yeah, probably close to ten years. Somewhere around there. And he'd always take us to it. And then a couple years ago we were joking about buying one and my sister did it for a year with his old very first tractor the deer commander and then we were talking about if i wanted to do it or not and because he found a tractor online that he was going to purchase so i told him i would and then he bought it and early this summer last summer came to life we've owned it for about uh, two and a half three years we bought it uh we bought a chassis, and then uh, we ended up, then you had to get the engine, and right. we just, the Johnny Cash, one piece at a time, that's kind of how hers came about, and uh, we, yeah. So, so the tractors that you're talking about right now, so Lawrence, the one that you operate is called Deer Commander. Yeah, m- mine is an unlimited super stock tractor, and it's called Deer Commander. Okay. My daughter daily runs what we call a 4.1 charger, or a limited pro stock and uh, that is what she runs, and it's called Sibling Rivalry. Okay, so you don't get to compete against each other. We no. don't. That's good. <laughs> Why, because she'd beat you? That's probably the truth. <laughs> so, yeah, we do this as a family uh, sport because uh, we don't have a camper, we don't have a boat. So when we go to a tractor pull, uh, everybody that's left at the house that hasn't moved away, we all go. It's a family deal. It's not a part of us go, part of us stay home. It's everybody or nothing. So listeners, that's exactly what's happening right now. So we have a live audience for this interview yeah. because <laughs> it, it's all your family that followed you over to, to yeah. do a silly podcast. And that's really cool. Yeah. Well, that's that's what uh, that's what it's about. That's what, yeah. that's why we do it. That's yeah. It's uh, family and uh, the people we meet at the tractor pull are uh-huh. like family. So 
No, and the passion and the emotion, Dave, as you sit over there, I don't know if you can see this on his face, but it is clear that this is something you're really proud of. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm very proud of my family for doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. What's, that, what's that do for you daily? How, how does that make you feel? Does that inspire you to want to do more of it? Are you crying right now? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty easy crier. Okay. <laughs> pretty well, sensitive. Yeah. It's pretty fun to be able to pull with Dad. He gave up his rights last year at our very last poll. He said if I got second in points, I'd get to drive his tractor once, not thinking I'd actually get it. So he uh, bit his tongue on that one. <laughs> um, in two, one more year, when I go off to college, then Lane, my brother, wherever he went, he gets to drive. Oh, there's right Lane. There. Yeah, he gets to drive. So. so will he get to drive yours? Yeah, that's okay. why it's called sibling rivalry. Ah. doesn't really make sense now because he's not old enough, but it will. No, I get it. I, it I follow that. So let's, let's get a little bit more of that perspective. When you said the whole family, so how many siblings do you have? I have three. Okay. and You and have two. Or two. Sorry. <laughs> was, three overall. <laughs> and so your brother's here. Is, did your other sibling travel with you? Uh, no. My sister lives in Chicago. Okay. Uh, she works at a bakery. She was going to come to this, but she didn't get a plane ticket due to the fact that she's coming closer to home in July, which I'm fine with. But she's going to watch the poll online. She used to do it with Dad on his very first tractor. But that's that's impressive, just the routes that each person takes in their lives. She's at a bakery. Mm-hmm. Coming from a farm yep. is, is now at a bakery. What a, what a cruel transition that way. So... How old are you, Daly? I am 17. Okay. And you started pulling when you were 16? Yep. Now, how young can somebody get into tractor pulling? In our association, it's 16, but I think some others, they can do 14. So is it like you have to have a driver's license? Yeah. That's you, you don't have to have a driver's license. You've got to be of 16 years of age for the association we pull with. Uh, some of the smaller ones are the antique ones. I think you can be younger with a consent form from your parents. But, okay. But uh, with what we're in, you you have to be 16 for the insurance. Yep. That was going to be my curious question was, you don't have to have a license to drive a, a tractor, operate machinery. Mm. But I didn't know if that would be the case when it came to tractor pulling. So with that being said, there's also no upper age limit, correct? No, we have, we have uh, people in their 70s that also are in the organization. There's only as young as you feel. Yeah. So then, Daly, was your polling at age 16, now 17, are you going up against only other teenagers, or are you, there is no age demographic. There's it's no it's tractor class. Yeah, it's by class. There are younger kids my age that are starting to get into it, but it's majority of older people that have done it. So do some of the older people give you crap because you're young and you don't have any experience? All the time. Yeah. So what what do you do with that? I was going to say, I can tell by your personality. I'm looking forward to this answer. So how do you take that? Prove them wrong, I guess. Yeah. Do your best. I can sense there's a little competitive bone in you that that you don't like to lose. And certainly not to somebody just because they're older than you. So, so what do your boyfriends think when they when you drive a more horsepower than they do? Pretty proud. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> we don't have that, boyfriends. We don't have time. We don't have time yeah, for boyfriends. That's right. As as a tractor operator in a pole, we're, we've learned that yes, it's important to have a reliable a a tractor that is running top condition with all of the the minor aspects that 
become a major deal, but there's also skill in being a driver. How, Lauren, did you establish and, and build your skill? Is it just every pass down the track? Uh, I don't think I got much skill. It's just pure luck is what it is for me. Uh, you know, I think like you're being modest. Experience is uh, everything, and, and just like no matter what you do, experience is, is king. So, But luck is a lot of it. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. And daily Daly's class, uh, I've never, the years we've done this, we've never seen this many young girls not only boys, but girls that have uh, taken interest into doing this, which is great because as a parent or anybody, it's nice to see young people involved in any sport. And uh, it, yeah. that, that's what makes fun to watch your kids do this. So if you're claiming a lot of this is luck, how do you pass luck on to the next generation that is competitive by nature? I, I don't think I pass any good luck. I've <laughs> got bad luck. I've passed that on pretty easily. But... Uh, it's all mindset, I guess, probably. It's definitely you learn. Don't, don't get me wrong. You learn from your experiences and what you've done wrong, and uh, you try and correct it the next time and try and do better or do it right or wish I'd have done this and try and remember that. Yeah. So like other races, do you guys have to tear down your tractor every time, and, and uh, is there a whole pit crew that does that? Uh, we, we are the pit crew, and uh, my tractor is, is, is uh, considerably more maintenance than hers. That's why we're in two different classes, because I don't think I could handle doing two of mine. Uh, mine, yeah, after every hook, I call it, uh, you've got probably an hour and a half to two hours of maintenance you have to do on it to go for another six seconds. And hers, you know, very low maintenance between classes, very low. So we had learned in another conversation that the adjustments that are made are minor once you get here. There's a lot of work coming and leading up to a show to get the tractor set the way you want but based upon track conditions how high your drawbar is th those types of things what we learned but i want to go back to that question that i asked asked your dad about how he passes that on do you feel like there's a benefit to having a dad in this competition in the same the same hobby to call it that you benefit from from learning do you, are there certain things you've picked up from him yeah, definitely. Um, as he works on my tractor, there will be times that he will be like, here, I'll show you how to do this. Because we're not always together. He'll be in like Iowa and I'll be in Missouri. So then when I'm not with him, I have to learn things to do by myself, which is pretty hard sometimes. But I have my mom that comes with me and then Lane goes with my dad. And it's, it's pretty nice to learn things from him and when he gives you advice. So I'm glad he's done it for a long time. Dave, I don't know why that didn't click with me, that they wouldn't always be pulling in the same city at the same pole. Mm -hmm. Our classes pull different cities sometimes. Huh. Yeah, that does. That adds another layer, another challenge. That's another... Oh, it sucks. So, uh, <laughs> it ain't a challenge. It sucks. <laughs> then you need two trailers and two trucks to pull the trailers. Dad and they, pulls it on a flatbed. <laughs> I got a nice trailer that we can put both of ours in and probably 13 of 26 hooks we can go to together. So uh, only half of them. A little half or a little more. But when we split up, uh, we have a friend that uh, pulls the trailer for us then. And then my son and me, Lane, we, uh, we take a pickup or whatever and a gooseneck trailer and put my tractor on and... We sleep in the seat or wherever, and it's uh, <laughs> There's they dedication. have conveniences, and uh, we 
it's no fun. So it's, did did it all start? And Tanner asked you this earlier, and I might have missed it. But did it all start as a maybe write off for the farm that you automatically have? <laughs> and second follow up is: Does that farm benefit from now you uh, celebrity status of pulling? Uh, zero benefit uh, financially. <laughs> zero benefit uh, in tractor pulling. It's just what I love to do. I'm passionate about it. I love to do it. I love the sport. Uh, so my dad. We have a tractor pull that's 10 miles up the road. And my dad would take me to the front gate, drop me off, and leave. He said, you know, we never had cell phone. He's like, I'll be back in a couple hours, be by the gate. And he meant be by the gate, don't be nowhere else. <laughs> and so you went, watched it, left. Always told him I wanted to do it. And they're like, no, no. And one day my dad decided on one of our tractors that I could go to a farm town pull. And it took us literally three, four hours to get it ready, and I went. And I got first place, and I should have never went, probably. But anyways, we went, and after that, I was hooked. But my dad's like, nope, that's enough. And uh, I bought equipment from the insurance company because that's another hobby I enjoy doing is fixing wreck stuff. And I bought a wreck tractor from the insurance, and I had the cab off it on my first tractor, and I said, well, you know, if I'm ever going to do this, I got the perfect candidate right here. I'm going to do it. What tractor was that? It was a 4430 John Deere, and it was burnt. The cab was burnt on it, and I was like, oh, I like, yeah, I think I'm going to do it. So I decided to do it, and uh, I was waiting to catch the wrath of God from my dad and everybody about it, but they all supported in what I'd done, and it's been great. It's been a great uh, thing. Just real quick, so you had that 4430, but how many tractors have you had to pull with? Has it just been the two? Uh, we've owned four of them since we started. Okay. Uh, so is it like, uh, is tractor pulling like a jackpot rodeo, uh, pay to play the game, and then uh, prize money at the end of the day? Yeah, sure. Uh, so you, uh, with the group, we're with the Outlaw Truck and Tractor Pullers, and so you basically uh, join a membership. You get paid at every hook, every uh, event, if you place in the top 10, we'll say. And uh, at the end of the year, if you're running for points, which means you got to make just about every pull, which means a lot of traveling, which is, that's what we've been committed in doing. Then they give you, if you win first in points, you get X dollars. If you get second, you get X dollars. So that's, we're so not doing it for the dollars. We love the, the uh, right of being able to say we won the points and... I don't know. It's it's fun. It's, so it's a, do you think that uh, uh, GoDaddy's going to call you for the Danica Patrick of tractor pulling now? Well, if uh, they want to call, and I guess I could probably put a wrap on it in about a matter of hours, I guess, whoever Perfect. wants to write me a check and go ahead and write one, but I doubt that uh, my mailbox will be full. So, Daly, do you do a lot of different social media? Do you do you have yeah. a favorite platform? I don't know. I'm on Instagram a lot, yeah. but so I don't really post on it. Have you ever thought of leveraging the opportunity that you have as a as a young female puller to maybe go after something like that yeah um in our association we have a group called the young guns and it's a new thing that we just started this upcoming year and the thing that we are trying to do is boost the social media for the young guns so we'll have um hero cards oh yeah yeah and it'll, each young gun will have their own. Right. It's the age group of 16 to 25 is what our group consists of. And they'll give you, like, the social media of the person, like, little background info. So yep. it's a way to, like, boost them and right. get us to sign it. I think it's pretty cool. And then you can collect them all. Yeah. A, a super fan could go around and collect them all. Yeah. And then maybe 30 years from now when Dave 
goes around and cleans out somebody's estate. Be auctioning somewhere. Auctioning yep. off the card collection of the young guns. There you go. I like that. So the other thing that I, I found interesting and a question that I've got, I'm going to lead up into, though. So after the poll, like you said, it, one hook means multiple hours of work. So is that something that, that you, Lauren, do by yourself, or is this a family affair when everything gets back home to the shop? Uh, well, m- most of the shop stuff uh, I generally do, but uh, Daly and my son help a lot. But as a family, we do it together. So it's not all glitz and glamour. You don't just get to go drive it. You don't just go get to go drive it. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> rides see, for free. Do you see the eye roll? Oh, Dave missed the eye roll. That was... <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah. I have uh, my two rims, or no, my one rim and my two uh, wheelie bars sitting in his shop. And he sent me a picture on the way up of my wheelie bar, or my rim, because it's like bent, because I bent it out of pole. Uh-oh. Just to remind me. Don't do it again. Just remind me how good I do. <laughs> Don't break nothing. Just going to frame it. So the, the curious question that I was leading up to is, on the maintenance side, how often do you have to change the oil uh, in a pulling tractor? Every three hooks, or uh, I change mine every third hook. Hers is every sixth hook. We change oil. I run the valves every hook. I, I take the valve cover off. I turn the engine over by hand. I take all the spark plugs out of it. I put new spark plugs in every every run. Uh, hers, we, ch- we there's an oil screen. They call it. It's like your oil filter, but you can take the cover off. It's a screen, so you can if you see metal filings or brat or you know filings in there, you know yeah. that things aren't looking good. If they are clean, they call it. Life is good, and right. uh, the week's going to be nice. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I totally get that. that. Dave, we drive, what, five, ten thousand 10,000 miles on our vehicle before we change oil? At least five. Go two, 200 to 300 hours on a tractor when you change the oil? Yeah, I change oil, and I get a, on five gallons of oil, I get less than three minutes, and it's a joke. <laughs> and if you went by distance, your goal is to have gone 900 feet. 900 plus feet. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Your tractor was named Sibling Rivalry. Is your sibling uh, brother, sister? Uh, Yeah. Brother? Lane is the one that's going to be doing it. Gotcha. And so he's going to drive the same tractor? Yep. And then just see who does better? Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) So you're not going to be done pulling. You just know you're going to be busy. I'll be busy because the course that I want to take is a full year round. So for, I guess, one summer, I'll, yeah. I'll let them take it for So what drive. are you going to go into? Cosmetology okay. is something I wanted to do. Yeah. And that is something that you could still, in the future, come back to pull. Yeah. And move on. There you go, Dad. You yeah. could sell, come back like... To, come back to work. That's, that's <laughs> the goal of the whole deal is come back to the farm, come back to work, stay around the farm, keep your kids close to you. Yeah. I don't disagree with that. I got two young daughters that... Uh, I'm a ways away from them having to make that decision, but I don't want them to go far away. Yeah, you want to be around your kids. Yeah. And so, speaking of, of pod, you know, of the deal, my son. So you know, you talk about the influence that people have with uh, going on the internet and uh, um, following people that do this. Lives for like the uh, Sony Farms or uh, I don't know all them, Is but every day, every day before school, we got the YouTube on watching. <laughs> We know more about their operation than we know about ours. That's funny. So he liked, if he had ever listened to our podcast, he would like the Millennial Farmer episode. Oh, he's Millennial Farmer, man. Ah, I, I, yeah. He knows Millennial Farmer. I don't remember the other ones. There's I one going like to be Larson. here this week he's going to watch. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you go. Click click the little box over here, and you'll be able to get Millennial Farmer's episode pulled up, and yep. you can check that out. 
So now let's get let's get out of tractor pulling because that's that's a really unique story. But a lot of our listeners are farmers themselves and in agriculture. So you mentioned it. Your farm is is of a, a decent size and is rather diverse. Are you doing that with family or are you running that with employees? Uh, we have employees, but uh, my dad also farms with me and and is part of the operation. So. So which part of the operation do you gravitate to? The, the cattle side, the row crop, the hogs? I kind of like the feedlot myself. Uh, is what I like because I'm not huge into technology. And if you're going to farm today, you better like computers. You better like technology a lot. My son likes technology more than I do. I actually, we have a guy that works for us who's in his 30s. And he does more of the farming or I trust him to do the farming, I guess, more so. He likes technology. He likes a GPS, that stuff. So do you have a favorite part of the farm daily? I definitely like working on the feedlot. Yeah. Because you said you ride pins. So to our listeners yeah. that don't know what you're talking about, what, what does that mean to ride pins? Um, every morning and every afternoon, you saddle up on a horse and you go through the, through the pens. And if there's a sick one, you take it out and you treat it. Pretty mm-hmm. simple. Yeah. So are you guys uh, uh, fence line feed bunk style, feed lot, mixer wagon, uh, go through every day that way? Yep. We got uh, two feed. We got a feed truck. We got a feed wagon behind a tractor. Uh, 99% of our feed lot is fence line feed bunks. In the wintertime, we put some on corn stalks, they call it, which we got metal feed bunks out yep. there. So you got to go through a gate to get out there. And uh, we have one temporary pen that's also got metal feed bunks. Otherwise, 99% of it is fence line feed bunks. So are you guys 600-pound uh, 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 to finish? or Yeah, uh, we're, we're, uh, we're feeder to finish. Feeder to finish. And then a lot of the row crop acres probably go to the feedstuffs for the feedlot. Are you chopping earlage or silage? We chop silage. We do a little bit of earlage. Uh, we do high-moisture corn. We have a grain bin set up that we uh, have a roller set up. So in the wintertime, we haul rolled corn to the feedlot and... 100% of our corn goes back to the feedlot. I wondered how much. That was going to be my next question. Yeah, it, We started this feedlot quite a few years ago at 300 head and kind of expanded from there. And uh, we used to sell more than we uh, used. We are currently the other way. We're, we're going to start having to buy green. Nice. So then, Daly, do you get involved in the heavy field work seasons, the spring and the fall, or do you pretty much just stay at the feed yard? During harvest... I am running scale when my mom's not there or if she's busy. Yep. I help take out food to the workers. A grain nice. cart. She runs a grain cart. That's oh, how yeah, you learn to tractor too. pull. I would be scared to death to give some child that's never drove a tractor a tractor pull. Like you've got to have a grain cart full of grain and learn to slip the clutch to keep it going or to stop. Just basic what brake goes which direction. You have to know how to do some of that. You can't just... No IVT transmission? The <laughs> There's no IVT. It's not an automatic where you just put it in drive and, and gas on it. Okay, it's, fair enough. So That's funny. So the other side of that, now, now I just went into a different frame of mind. I know we were talking about the farm, and I'm going to bounce back. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull a Dave. <clears throat> and when, Daly, when you're now getting ready to get hooked up to the sled, or before then, now do you have a pre-pull ritual? Do you have a pre-pull? Some football players got their beats on and a playlist going i mean is this a get in the zone moment or describe how that goes right before you're going to hook um i'm not really nervous to do it when it's in the summer and there's like maybe hundreds of people but here it's definitely um 
It's a lot more to take in. We have a lady that polls with us. Her name's Connie Mullenix, and she called me before I left on Monday. And she was giving me advice, and she said, it's all a mindset. Like, you got to take it in. If you're willing to put in the effort to make it to first, you'll get there. And it was a very nice thing to have, but I don't really have a ritual when so I go into it. There's no hot playlist. There's not no. one song that you always listen to. It's just to. dad comes you up on the side. You wouldn't want to listen to it if there is. <laughs> it's just dad comes up on the side and he goes, don't run anybody over and don't run into anything. So what's so what's dad's playlist? Is there a pre-show? Uh, no. There's uh, no playlist. I, I don't have no playlist because we wouldn't listen to the same music. George Strait wants to come sponsor me. He could. I guess I listened to him. <laughs> there you go. That's about as wild as mine I, gets. I, Tanner, uh-huh. I would have figured hers was Eminem, like palms are weak. <laughs> you know, it's, it's all heavy. <laughs> you just have the Super Bowl in There's your mind. There's vomit on her sweater already. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cool. So in, the, in this opportunity with our listeners, is there anything about your farm or about tractor pulling as a family that you'd like to share with them? Is there, is there any parting comments before we ask our last question? It's a great sport for families. Whether you go watch it or you're uh, part of the pull, it's, it's a family-oriented. It's, it's all family. Uh, if you ever go to one, go back in the pits and, and talk to the people that do it. They love to talk to families. They love to talk to kids. There's not one that doesn't want to talk to kids and be proud of what you got. Daly, what do you think? I agree with him. It's nice when little kids will come up to you and be like, were you the one that just did that? And it's just like a good feeling knowing that people are actually watching you. Yeah. It's pretty fun. I would definitely, if I wasn't into, if I wasn't doing it, I would go to them with my friends. Yeah, because I, I would say, Dave, I'm speaking for myself, that I was excited to come down to the show and knew the poll was going on and knew I wanted to go a night. Mm-hmm. But now I want to go and see the people that I've met. I, I agree. I think the, the personalities and the stories behind all the pollers and their crews uh, is really pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. For sure. So that. Uh, all of our guests on this podcast, we asked the same question. So the last year we had the same question. 2022, it's the same question for everybody that comes on to the podcast. What do you know now that you wish you'd have known sooner? And it doesn't have to be related to pulling tractors or can, agriculture. can be life. can be, you know, for example, if uh, we've had somebody talk about the circle of friends. They just wish they knew that that circle doesn't have to be so big. And maybe a closer tight knit. So it could be anything along those lines. So we'll have you each answer that question. What do you know now that you wish you'd have known sooner? And, and Daly, you're kind of handicapped because you don't have as many years yeah. as Lauren. Just say, just say my dad was right. Just say my dad was right. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. That one will come out later when we oh, get okay. her back on the podcast. Yeah. But listeners, if you have any guest ideas for this show, uh, farmforprofitllc at gmail.com. You can look us up on any social media platform at Farm for Profit. That is the number four, Dave. And uh, we'd love to hear your feedback. Apple, Spotify, leave those reviews and share this with your family and friends. So that was hopefully enough stalling time for you guys to come up with something. Lauren? Oh, mine's, mine's easy. I, I, uh, I've i been hounding uh, people about this. I would have had more kids. That's I, I, We had three kids. I said, man, we had, we had way too many. They're a pain in the ass. I just wish we didn't have that many kids. <laughs> when they get older, you're like, we should have had 10 of them. So yeah. I wish we'd had more kids. That's a new one. I hadn't that heard is that. a new one. That's a good one, too. Good luck, Daly. That was a really good one. <laughs> That's interesting. Um. <laughs> well, the tractor just would have passed down and down and down yeah, and down. Yeah, I know. Uh-huh. I would have hated that. But, <laughs> if we had um, 10 kids, we probably wouldn't be passing nothing down. We'd, we'd be home milking cows today. We'd, we'd have a tour bus <laughs> instead. We'd just be driving around with nine kids. Um, I'd have to say something I wish I knew is to not be afraid to go up to people if you need help with something. 
I was always terrified of doing that, but the more our association's kind of like a big family. So no matter who you go to, even if they're competing against you in your class, they will be there and help you. So when I'm not with dad, it's really nice to know that like my friends Megan and Tyler Paddock will be there and they'll be like, do you need help? Like I can help you type deal. And it's really right. nice. That's great. Thank you again, Daly. How can people find you on Instagram if they want to find you? Um, it's my name. So D-A-L-I-E-P-A-U-L-S-E-N. Daily Paulson. And Lauren, I'm sure you're all over social media. Yeah, I, I have Instagram. Don't know how to even hardly turn it on. So, so <laughs> don't. More on Facebook. I, I don't even know what my Instagram is. But, if they, wanna, but if they want to follow you and look up your results and how you did down here, it is. We have a polling page. Okay. And that is? It's the Deer Commander polling team okay. on Facebook. And we're looking to follow the Deer Commander and sibling rivalry. rivalry. Yes. Awesome. Dave, I think that was a great show. I think it was great. We are honored to have you on our podcast. We appreciate you guys hanging out, and good luck. Thank you. Yeah, Thank we you. appreciate it. Awesome. We'll see you out there. Right. Listeners, have a good one. <laughs>